What's up, you guys? And welcome to the first Berluminati bonus episode. In this episode, Jake and I are going to be talking you guys through the history of stouts, where they came from, why the different stouts are called what they're called, and other, you know, general fun facty history type stuff like Jake and I like to talk about. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump in and I will see you guys on the other side. I think what we should do is Oh, talk. I drank a juiciness before this. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm getting lit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should jump into like what the background of stouts is. Okay, yeah. So I, I recall it was like last episode of the episode before, or at some point we had talked about stouts. Yeah. And I was like, and we talked about uh like an oatmeal stout and a milk right. stout. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? So I went and looked up all of it. Great. <laughs> Learn me this shit because yeah. I like I have no fucking clue. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ones and I'm going to dive into all these. All right. Stouts as a beer have really gone back a long way. The first known use of the word stout directly related to beer was in a document found in not found, but it was created in 1677 that was found in a collection of documents called the Egerton Manuscript, which are just a bunch of documents found in the UK that ranged from zero BC up until the 1800s. But what they found was during that time frame, stout went from meaning proud or brave. And then after the 1300s, it took on the connotation of strong. Um, and then beer followed with that. So they started using the word stout to, to indicate that a beer was stronger. After World War II, basically stouts built up hugely in popularity because they were easy to move around. They were easy to keep on shelves. They were easy to put in casks because they were very friendly to being a little bit warmer. It's not like nowadays when you have the uh, Coors Blue Mountain yeah. and it has to be a certain degree cold. Or if it's it- not blue, it tastes like doo-doo. Exactly. So yeah. as we know with, you know, we have these four stouts sitting here that are room temperature and climbing and they're still tasting great. You know, so They taste better the warmer they get. Exactly. Well, so- after a certain point, they start to taste worse. Well, yeah. But you don't yeah. want them cold, but you right. don't want them warm. You want them like just barely subroom temp. Like technically, a good red wine should be like barely subroom temp. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so think about stout in kind of that sense and think about like where people were drinking beer back in the day, you know, like brick cellars, you know. Places they probably didn't have a bunch of bread. Exactly. Because like <laughs> I think one of like my things that I think about when I think about stouts is like stouts is like you'd eat meat and then you'd drink the stout because you probably didn't have bread and this was like yeah your bread in the form of beer yeah I, uh, I and forgot. I wonder how true that is like I forgot I mean? there was a punk band that had a song that was like beer is liquid bread it's good for you I don't remember <laughs> who, it was on one of the punkzilla compilations I don't really I don't know I have yeah. to look that up um so anyways yeah I mean it's essentially that so the the original kind of stout was the the milk stout, which was made with added lactose. Okay. And the way they did that was after fermenting, they would actually add powdered lactose. And that's how it came. Interesting. Yeah. So because yeast won't feed on the milk. So you have to add it later after fermentation. Okay. So then when they say brewed with lactose, what they mean is basically the beer's done and they add and powdered threw, lactose to exactly. it. Exactly. Interesting. I wonder what the beer tastes like before they put the lactose in it because sometimes like less beers milky. that have that like kind of like milky foamy kind of you know right, I mean? right, you can right. just like kind of tell like left hand milk stout 
Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it's like before they put that in it. Less milky. <laughs> I guess. Less milky. You know, less milky. I don't know. That would be interesting. Like, if you, if anybody out there is friends with a brewery who would be interested in entertaining us coming and we tasting the beer before it gets lactose, for the love of God, let me know. Because now I'm like, I want to know. We should call Bomb Brothers. They they do a, a latte stout kind of thing. That sounds kind of good. Yeah, we should talk to them. Um, All right. So, so milk stout is lactose after it's done. Right. So back in the day, they used to call it nourishing stout. What? Yeah, they called it nourishing stout because essentially it was, um, I don't know, fortifying your humors or whatever you know, your medicine Some was back shit. then. Yeah, yeah it's okay. like, yeah. Your it's humors like, are out of alignment. We have to put leeches on you and bleed you. Right, do cocaine about it. You know, it's, it's like... <laughs> do it's, cocaine about it. Yeah, so oh, so God. they called it nursing stout, and they actually were recommended that nursing mothers drink one to two uh, stouts a day, milk stouts a day, because uh, they thought it replenished their, their milk and their breasts. So... Sick. Yeah, I mean, it was a recommendation from doctors. I they, mean, if I lived at that time and the doctor was like, Drink beer, it makes your boobies make more milky milk. And I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> and so when you get back into the 20s and 30s, there were posters of in doctor's office where they advertised different milk stouts for, for nursing mothers. And the pictures were mothers nursing with, I mean, not pictures, but they were paintings of mothers right. nursing, holding their babies, and then drinking a beer with the other hand. You know, and it was, it was pretty common back then. Like Interesting. So, so That's women crazy. were recommended at least two, you know, like there was a thought to, you know, obviously drink more, drink a tall boy of stout every day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then milk stouts kind of just died out after that, after all these nursing mothers realized that they were just straight up still drinking beer. They were just causing out fetal they were alcohol just, syndrome. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, not a laughing matter, but you know. Yeah, exactly. So, and and it took a long time for milk stout to really make a comeback. It hasn't been. It's only been about the past twenty years. Yeah. During the craft beer boom, and this is true for almost all stouts across the board, they all kind of fell off, fell out of fashion as other beers started to emerge. So yeah. Like IPAs, Kolsch's, and one of the big reasons for that is refrigeration. You know, so once you're able to have kegs inside of refrigerators. Well, then you can have Kolsch. You can have you can have a, a, a you know a nice IPA. Yeah, you can have a Pilsner that doesn't taste like piss. You can have. Yeah, you know. I mean, have you ever drank like a warm IPA out of a can? It's it's horrible. It's garbage. Like especially like something fancy like a milkshake IPA or something. You might yeah. as well just be like shotgunning awful. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's really not good. It's yeah. crazy. So so that's where milk style comes from. Is uh, they add the lactose. Doctors liked it for the mommies, and um, so then there's oatmeal stout. And uh, what that was, was brewers would add in the oats because once again, it was nourishing and they thought it was basically porridge. So everybody ate porridge. It was great for you. It was oatmeal. Like it was awesome. I'm not a hundred percent sure what porridge even is. It's basically oatmeal. Think of it as oatmeal. So okay. it's like a gruely cereal, but like not cereal, not Captain Crunch, like cereal, like oatmeal cereal, like wheat and bulgur, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Is gross. You, sure. you wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. You would not. Cream of wheat, oatmeal. Yeah. White girls are all about their overnight oats now. It's not overnight oats. It's, it's horrible. Like <laughs> overnight oats. Overnight oats are good. This, this is horrible. overnight oats are pretty good. You yeah. put some. You put some sweetened coconut. Put some in there. berries in you there. Put some berries. Yeah. Awesome. You put yeah. some chocolate chips in it. It's good. Yeah. 
Um, so anyways, but the problem was the oats created this like bitter taste and leading up to the 1700s, drinkers pretty much turned their back on this because it got too bitter. You know, some other places like they started embracing the bitterness, but overall, most of the people started turning their back on this bitterness in the stouts. Nowadays, it's like a huge people want bitter stouts. It's like part of a thing. So Interesting. oatmeal stouts now are kind of like thought of as bitter. But the oatmeal stout, like if you went to Total Wine or wherever today and you got a stout that was labeled as an oatmeal stout, it's going to have um, less than half a percent oatmeal added to it. Back in the day, the 1700s, the beer was 30% oatmeal. What? Yeah, so it was a lot Okay, different. so we're talking about a whole other world. It's a whole of, different world. Like, okay. Like the bitterness level like was out of the, like the IBUs, like they didn't even measure those because it was ridiculous. You know? Okay, so 10,000 IBUs. Yeah, just, just off the, the chart. So, All right. Okay, and then, and then moving on to dry stout. And so with the milks and the sweet stouts becoming the dominant stout in the UK in the early 20th century, it was mainly in um, Ireland that they started going with non-sweet and uh, these different standard stouts. Uh, basically, uh, Guinness. Guinness is a dry stout. Okay. You know, um, what's a nitro? I it's think, the same right? thing. It's yeah. it's yeah exactly. And, and so, like, what's the other one? Like Boddington's is a is a dry stout. I don't know. So. These are these were the ones that kind of won the space race of stouts. Like everything else, kind of fell along, fell off the path, and they started becoming the most popular of them. Okay, and and they stood the test of time. So like, there's more dry stouts now than anything else because of Guinness. Mostly, I mean, you can get a Guinness anywhere. It's like not yeah, a, you know, a rare thing. Yeah, I'm not sure where you can go and not not get yeah. Guinness. And so like craft beer people aren't really trying to compete with Guinness. So they're making all these weird side stouts, you know, so which we'll get a little bit into more to the weird side stouts right now. Yeah. Um, like I want to say we went to trophy the other week too, and they had like a, uh, it was like maple syrup and blueberries pancake stout. Or yeah. Some it was shit. called full stack or something. It was yeah. like, yeah, it was like a, it was like a pancake blueberry. That was good. Whatever yeah, that was. You yeah. liked it? Yeah, I thought it was great. Okay. Yeah. I didn't try it. Was it was a little sticky. It was a little yeah. sticky, but it was okay. It was good. Okay. The flavor was good. It was it tasted literally like a stack of pancakes. Yeah. You know? And I think it was like twelve percent alcohol or something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, the weird stouts are definitely weird. Like I'm a big chocolate stout fan. Yes, chocolate like, stouts are good. Yeah. If it tastes like I'm eating a bar of chocolate, sign me the fuck <laughs> up. I had I get I have to I might still have it in my trash can. I got to dig it out. But I had a a random like dark chocolate stout that tasted like baking pieces of chocolate, like the the yeah, yeah. the dark baking chocolate. Yeah, like and the eighty percent cacao chocolate. Yeah, and like that's my favorite. Like the dark, like I like the ninety seven percent. Okay, like the stuff the darker and darker it gets, I like. Okay, and which apparently the darker chocolate is, the more likely it is to kill your dog. So milk oh, chocolate. Shit. All right, your dog's probably going to be okay with milk chocolate, but well, it's if it's diluted, well, if it's ninety seven percent cacao, like it's going to kill your dog, like with a with a half ounce. So got it. All right, beware. so keep the dark chocolate away from yeah. your dogs. Cause. Yeah, but I had a stout with that. It was amazing. But so, anyways, so moving that on. That sounds good. <laughs> it was great, aside from the dog dying thing. Oh, um, God, so oyster stouts. So I've never even heard of this. So I've had a couple oyster stouts and um, they're different now than they used to be. So back in the day, they used to just like throw armloads of oysters into the barrels, which I mean, how did people not die from that? <laughs> like I don't know. There, there had to be some sort of like 
trichotillomia or whatever people are getting. You know, I don't know. Um, so, anyways, when when stouts were starting to get super popular, uh, oysters were a very commonplace food in pubs. You know, they would just scrape these things off and bring them into the pub, and you would rip these things open and eat them. And so they served they served these stouts alongside them, and when they brewed them, they would just throw armloads. So they had a taste of oyster to them. Okay. Okay. Um, once the oyster beds around the UK started really getting into decline by the, by the early 1900s, they replaced all the stout with pale ale. So there was a different taste that you were eating, you know? So if gotcha. you switched over to eating like shepherd's pie, the oyster stout's going to taste a little weird when you're not sucking down oysters. So right. they switched over to their pale okay, ales. So as the food changed, the beer changed the with it. Exactly. Okay. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. So now when you go to Total Wine and you see an oyster stout, it means it's suitable to be drank with oyster. They're so not, now that we have like a bunch of like vegans and vegetarians running around all over the place, of course it makes sense that we have these fancy yeah. pants, mustache looking people right. drinking weird More like OSHA. beers. <laughs> not, not OSHA, <laughs> but like, you know, like FDA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so exactly. So they're not made with oyster anymore. They're just kind of like made to be consumed with oysters. You know, so it's the style of Intr- stout, Okay, you know, okay. So Interesting. It's old timing, you know. So Sure. So then we have your favorite, the chocolate stouts. Yeah. Where the, the best meat, ones. Yeah, I mean I think they're great. So brewers use a very dark malt in that which produces this dark chocolate taste and look. And then a lot of the newer kind of like craft brews actually add chocolate in later in the process in the form of like powders the same way they do lactose so they'll add in very dark powdered chocolate dark powdered like things like blueberries and and cranberries and then you start mixing all these different flavors with like lactose you know one of my favorite breweries is a place in inglewood uh, california next to where my house used to be and they had a thing called 13 humans, I think it was the name of it. And it was essentially this like dark chocolate cranberry lactose stout that they only served in 24 ounce cans and it was like 16% ABV. Of course they did. They couldn't <laughs> put it in smaller cans because you can only drink six ounces at a time. Right. And uh, and so I would get like one of those and take it home and just like slowly black out on my couch, <laughs> sipping it, you know. <laughs> I would wake up and like the movie would be over. You know? That's great. But yeah, so nowadays they add all the different flavors, but it, it originated with using much darker malts in the beer, you know, so you've got like the malt hop barley, right. you know, so yeah, yeah. the breakdown of the beer. So the for me, the mo- most interesting one is the Imperial Stout, which I'm a big fan of Imperial Stouts. Opposite. Right. You can I, pass me on those. Oh, I, I love Imperial you miss Stouts. Miss me with the Imperials. Yeah, especially when they start when you start getting like bourbon barrel imperial stouts, I think that those are my favorites. Yeah. Like, I know like I'm a I cheapskate. Feel- I want one beer for the night and to be done. With it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's two things I feel like are hard when it comes to beer Imperials and pumpkin. But yeah. There is one beer that does both exceptionally well and it's Southern tears. Oh. Imperial pumpkin. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's a good beer. The only Imperial that I'll drink, and it's about the only pumpkin beer that I like. I keep my eye out for that. I haven't seen it since I moved to Raleigh. I used to get it in. It's here. Is it? I yeah, you got to look for it in like September. Okay. Yeah, but I've you can get it. you can get it. You can get Warlock. The, I like the, Warlock. Warlock's great. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had Warlock a couple of times, but yeah, you can get a bunch of the Southern tier stuff down here. Okay. So 
the Imperial Stout, known specifically as Russian Imperial Stout, is a strong, dark beer. It starts at 9%. And the origin of it is that it was brewed by Thrales Anchor Brewery in London in the early 1700s for export directly to the court of Catherine II of Russia. So it was shipped directly there uh, by Albert von Lecoq, who was awarded a Russian royal warrant which entitled him to use the name Imperial, which was a big freaking deal at the time. Like you weren't allowed to just call things Imperial because it was just forbidden because it was only specifically for the Russian court. So like interesting, they had their specific booze. They had their specific food. Like these things were Imperial for the Kings and Queens. And that was that the one of the original recipes from 1856. This is one of the oldest recipes that they found uh, found that the beer this was like the way it was designed to be. It had Coke in it. Yeah, it was just Coke. It was pure it was cocaine. Just, it was just some <laughs> kind of random ass out cocaine. Um, it had a gravity of 1.1, which I don't know what that means. Yeah, so that's like a brewing thing. So like the gra- a higher gravity means it has a higher ABV. So it was like an Imperial Stout, but Steel Reserve. Well, more. I think Steel Reserve is like 9% or somewhere in that range. And they call that a high gravity beer. So a gravity of 1.1 would put you at somewhere around 13% alcohol. Yeah, which is is heavy. I mean, for anything. I mean, if you go to any brewery and there's a 13% alcohol, it's It's like like, mead heavy. Yeah, exactly. So you get the meat sweats from that kind of beer. So the first brewery to beer an imperial stout in the United States was Burt Grant's Yakima Brewery. I think they were in Washington. Uh, Samuel Smith's brewed a version for export to the United States in the early 80s, and today the imperial stout is is one of the most popular beer styles with local U.S. craft breweries. Interesting. And, And the American the American interpretation of the style has included everything from vanilla beans, chili powder, maple syrup, coffee, and marshmallows. Um, many are aged in bourbon barrels to add an additional layer of flavor. And now that word imperial is just kind of tossed around to all other flavors and styles of beers to just mean strong as hell. So you can get like an imperial Kolsch now. You know, you can get imperial Pilsner. It just means it's really, like, yeah, I've, I saw I that. Imperial, I've even seen that. I've seen imperial Pilsner recently. It just it basically was like 8% or something, you know. If you um, want to get a beer that's going to get you straight fucked. Right. <laughs> like F-U-K-T fucked. Yeah. It's Imperials. Yeah. So there's a um, there's a brewery called Clown Shoes. I think they're in San Diego. All right. And they make a, um, a Mexican stout. I think it's called Luchador. And it's like 15% or something. It's a Mexican chocolate stout. And it's a that has to be like borderline. It's um, a little spicy legal limit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what those limits are. I'd have to look that up, but like, yeah, it's about 15%. You could only get it in those 22 bombers. Of course you can. Yeah. And it's pretty heavy and it's like $12 or something. You know, you gotta have you and two buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like I drank one on my own and like, you know, like they had to kind of, and Vesuvius pretend like I wasn't as day. drunk as I was, you know? Yeah. And then you shit yourself the next day because, <laughs> you know, your tum-tum was like full the stout poos. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Like I've had a number of beers that have been brewed with like spicy stuff in them before. I don't do well with spicy. Yeah. I love spicy stuff. Not like, you know, 
Buffalo Wild Wings Blazing Wing Challenge. Spicy. Yeah. Um, but like there's there's just like Is that a real I, challenge? Do you win something? Yeah, I mean blazing wings are the spiciest at least Buffalo Wild Wings, the spicy that they do. Gross. And I want to say that there's something that you win for eating a certain number of them in I don't a certain amount to do of time or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's a wing spot down in Charlotte called um, Quaker Steak and Lube. Oh, that's and a chain. That's a national place. I've seen is that it really? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Around. Okay, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I've didn't seen other that. ones here and there. There um, was one in Pittsburgh. Okay, they do a hot wing challenge too. Okay, and um, yeah. most places like, it looks like a big gas station. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny because it's in uh, Concord Mills or something, which is, I think we've talked about this before, which is where Lowe's Motor Speedway is. Yeah, yeah. And Z-Max is down there yep, and stuff, yep. which is really cool. If you've never been to Z-Max, it's a four-wide drag strip. Yeah. It's pretty sick. But yeah, like I, I feel like they're... Miata down there. Yeah, you should. You can race <laughs> against my brother's Mustang. <laughs> um, but I feel like they're in the last like five or six years or something, there's been this like resurgence of beers that are being brewed with like spicy shit. Yes. There's like jalapeno pilsners and I think spicy like, stuff is making a big comeback. Yeah. It's it really is. Like everything you can get like a spicy version of. Yeah. But like the Maybe it's because COVID, everybody's losing their taste. Like I feel like there's like a <laughs> there was like a Mexican hot chocolate beer that I had at one point where it was like a chocolate stout, but it was brewed with like Mexican chili peppers or something like that. I think Crank Arm does that. I don't know. Somebody don't know. locally does one. Really? Seen, yeah. Okay. And um, what's the what's the really cool cider place? Bottle lot, not Bottle Logic, like um, Bottle something. There's a really cool like um, cider place in Durham. Here? Yeah, oh, it's in uh, Durham. Bull City Cider Works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them. They do like some sort of like chili pepper cider. That's really interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's um, that place. I know is really good. My wife really likes one of their beer one of their ciders i can't they have a cool brewery it's like it is really cool yeah it's right off the it's right off the inner highway yeah uh right off 147 yeah when they first opened i went out there and um they were like it was like a shack yeah yeah that they were in now it's completely surrounded by really expensive i know i had talked to them about like becoming their like logistics guy (laughs) <laughs> like running all of their distribution and everything. Cool. And I never did anything with it. I kind of wish I had now, but, but yeah, now they have this like really huge building with like yeah. a giant bar in it and this like big party yeah. space and their breweries there. And they have this really cool outdoor area. Yeah. Massive outdoor. It's place, not quite yeah. as vibey as yeah. some of as like trophy. And There's no like real that, vibe there at all. It's just kind of like people hanging out doing their thing. You know? Yeah. But it's like under the, you know, you can like come out in their parking lot and turn, look and there's bulls stadium is like, yeah. Right there. Have you been to Ponysaurus? No. Oh, we should go to Ponysaurus. It's pretty cool. It's right down the street. It's um from it's, here or in Durham? No, from from Bull City. It's like down the street from Bull City. It's in Durham. Okay. Um, but it's uh it's this really kind of dope place with this huge outdoor. And it's like it's the way you would want Bull City Cider to be. There's like a really great outdoor vibe where there's like kids okay. running around playing. It's like I always fun. like places that I can just get drunk and vibe out. It's awesome. And they bring like food trucks and they park them right in the middle and everybody's got their dogs running around and stuff. It's just, and there's like always Sick. hipsters taking like photos with film cameras and stuff. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a weird, every time I've been there, it's been a really weird It sounds weird, like cool my vibe. kind of spot, but yeah, I'm going to be awesome. that guy that's going to like sit in like the furthest away picnic right, table just possible. Right. Just everybody. Just like looking like a metal dude. I'll be sitting there with my IPA being like, yeah. oh, stay the fuck away from me. But really I'm sitting yeah. there like vibing out. <laughs> but they have they they have really good beers too, and they don't. I've heard a lot of good a lot of stuff good. about Ponysaurus. 
Yeah, like you can't find their good stuff in stores. It's all like there at the brewery. Yeah. And it's kind of like a weird like warehouse district. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for our first bonus episode. We're going to keep releasing these extra content episodes where we talk about all kind of random stuff, beer history, car stuff, food stuff, random stories that we think you guys might be interested in and whatever it is you guys want us to talk about. So if there's stuff that you guys want us to have a conversation about, reach out, let us know, and we'll talk about that too. Otherwise, we will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Brew Luminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind-the-scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash Podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brewluminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will, because again, mind control is real. 